Hi, I'm Craig Williams, and this is Beyond the Tassel. So we're talking this morning with Norma Lansing. Norma is the president and CEO of the Effingham County Chamber of Commerce, and she has been very active in community matters of all sorts, including, and perhaps especially, education. And this is an area that I really would like to kind of hone in on this morning. I know, you know, as long as I've known you, you have represented or led the chamber in Effingham, and I've, I've thought of you as kind of a brand within the chamber industry itself, and certainly within Effingham. How long have you been leading the chamber? So I've been the president and CEO of the chamber for 33 years. Oh my gosh. And I've actually worked, worked for the chamber for 46 years. Time flies when you're having fun, I guess. I'm not sure, but it, it's, uh, yeah, when you stop and you think about all those numbers, you think, how is that even possible? Well, let me do the math on that. 33 years you've been leading the chamber. So, so since, since 1988, you have been in that executive seat. You know, I was thinking uh, the other day about how much has changed in business and in our lives. For example, pay phones and long-distance calling cards used to be a common thing for people doing business on the road. Nobody had a website, and e-commerce was nearly a decade off. How has the chamber adjusted to these really tectonic changes over the course of your tenure there? Uh, well, I can remember getting our first computer. <laughs> uh you know, as with, I think, any business, it's just the speed of work. The speed of business has just pushed forward at such a fast pace. We do so many more things now in a day than, you know, we probably in 1988 would have done in a week, you know. So everything just speeds up and you do, you do more things. And then, you know, as the last few years, you do more things with less people. And, uh, but you rely on technology to fill in those blanks. So, um, yes, there's been a lot of changes. Uh, oh, and then I remember getting my first BlackBerry. The board, board of directors gave me a BlackBerry, you know. <laughs> I was like, yep. come on, Norman, get with the time. So that, that was a big day, getting that BlackBerry. Yeah, yeah. So that was, uh, inter- it's always interesting how when you, when you start looking back at the changes, you know, it just, when you're in it and you're doing it, it's just a part of your day and part of, of what, part of what you do. But the, I just think the speed of, of how we work, uh, speed of business, how much faster we get things done now, how much more we do in our days is just phenomenal. And that just continues to grow exponentially. You still look back at 2020 and how we had to react to the pandemic and how, you know, one day you're, you're full speed ahead at work and the next day nobody's here. You know, the, the office is closed and everybody's gone and, and then you'd have to try to re- reevaluate what you do and how you do it just the online world became much more and remote, the remote world, the online world became so much more to the forefront. And we learned, you know, we learned very quickly how to transition into the new world of, of work. You know, I can remember the last time the chamber industry and really business overall took uh, anything close to this kind of a hit. And it was during the 2007, 2009 period during that, what has been coined the, the great recession. And, you know, I can remember chamber membership just falling off. It was awful. Um, chambers were really struggling. We saw a lot of consolidation in the industry. Um, businesses, of course, were struggling. And I think that this impact in many ways has been significantly both worse and yet interestingly different because it has 
forced us to look at different ways to conduct business. And as you say, we move at the speed of business. And of course, business moves very, very quickly. Look, there are a lot of communities that are at interstate crossroads that don't do nearly as well as yours does. So you can't really attribute it to that. What is it? Um, I think it's just, it's a spirit of collaboration is, you know, like if I have to come down to it and you think of, you know, I've been in this business a long time. So you have to think about, you know, why is that? And I, I just have to look at it as a collaboration. We have a huge entrepreneurial spirit here. Many very successful businesses, you know, started here. Uh, you know, we speak a lot on our podcast about the importance of education as a lever. And I know, for example, that in your role as the chamber president and CEO and, and through other board work in the community, you've been a tremendous advocate for workforce development and career readiness. Um, can you share with me some of the best examples from within the greater Effingham community as to just how this kind of leverage has been applied and how you've seen it and how you've perhaps been a part of it? You don't have to look very far in the past to look at programs like the CEO program, which is creating entrepreneurial opportunities, you know, which now has grown to a you know, national presence in dozens of states, uh, helping young people understand uh, how, to, how to start a business. The importance of that, whether they're entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs, which is, you know, they're they're not necessarily the owner of the business, but they're using their entrepreneurial abilities inside of a business um, to, you know, just the whole business education partnership, which is an old terminology, uh, but, you know, was was involved, got involved in that early on in, in, in that area, arena, you know, back in the, right after I started as the, the president and CEO getting involved. But I think it's just looking for what's important to the community, uh, what are the needs and who needs to be at the table to do that. As I'm cleaning out files, you know, as, uh, getting preparing to retire, I you know, ran across some of those early conversations with the superintendents of all the schools in Effingham County, sitting at the table with them and just saying, you know, what are, what do you need? How can the business community be a part of that? And, and that certainly has led to so many opportunities uh, like the CEO program. There's mm-hmm. a construction trades, very similar version of the CEO with the construction trades. Um, Health occupations has a program very similar uh, in healthcare. Right. So, you know, how, what's next for that? And we have, we have many industry groups that are looking at how do we capture that same energy in automotive, um, you know, even banking and finance, hospitality, all of those industries, which are key here, um, looking for those opportunities. But for me, the passion project is the Effingham Regional Career Academy, which is also something that generated through conversations with the school superintendents, probably 20, almost 20 years ago now. Hmm. And just how do we, uh, you know, the school superintendents, you know, how do we create opportunities for students? How do we give them the opportunities that they need to be successful and productive adults are productive to the community and contributing to the community. Right. So we are waiting with bated breath to see, uh, we've got, we've got an application for a grant application with the state of Illinois um, that they're going to be awarding only two uh, grants in the state, one to the, the Northern region, one in the Southern region for manufacturing training labs. Um, and if we get that grant, that will uh, give us this giant leap forward to constructing this building to house the Regional Career Academy, which is a, a career and technical education um, focused program for high school students, as well as adult learners, incumbent workers, uh, and the whole spectrum of people looking for ways to improve their 
uh, skills and abilities to uh, find a better job. And that's, you know, that's certainly the goal. So we're really excited about that. Um, in fact, it's something that as I move into retirement that I wanted to make sure I'd continue to be involved in. And um, so the chamber board has graciously given me that opportunity to continue to work on that, at least for the next, you know, for the next year or so. Yeah, that's that's a win-win because certainly they're going to benefit from your commitment to it that you've already put in. And at the same time, you know, your passion for the project certainly has got to uh, yield strong outcomes for that. I presume this is a public-private partnership, this regional career academy. So how does that work? What what kinds of funding structures are associated with that? Is, is there any any taxation? Is there a district or is it completely supported through this grant and then private donations? How does that work? Well, absolutely. It's a public-private partnership, but there right now, I mean, there's no plan at this point for any kind of tax levy or anything like that uh, from a funding perspective. So, you know, Lakeland College is certainly a key partner in this. They actually own the ground where this building will be built. They will own the building. The Kerr Academy will lease that space to host the Kerr Academy in. So, so that's a piece of it. You know, the school districts, um, just as they do for any other type of program, they will be paying uh, students the fees for the students to participate in the program. And then we will have a funding campaign within the businesses and grant, you know, looking for grants and funds from the businesses to support it through, you know, with, with the equipment uh, and the furnishings that will be needed to implement the program. So, so that's kind of the, how that will work. Uh, we actually have, I think that we're, like I said, I think we're at the right place at the right time. We have currently, we have 14 school districts who have signed uh intergovernmental agreements to send students to the career academy. Uh, so that's beyond the borders of Effingham County. We, so we have 14 already involved. We have a couple more school districts that have, have inquired about being involved. We are now starting to hear from more of the, uh, the private schools or some private Christian-based schools in the area that are asking about how their students can be involved, even uh, starting to hear from parents of homeschooled children who want to see those opportunities. So um, like I said, I think that's the right, we're at the right place at the right time to really kick this off in a major way. The grant from the state would be absolutely gravy, but you know, if we don't get it, we're still moving forward. And, right. you know, I, I told the board two months ago, I said, if you, you know, if, if, if we can get, if we can get in started with this with $6 million from the state and we don't get it, then let's go out and find $6 million. Cause I think that can happen. I think that's completely gettable, and I don't think the spirit of Effingham will be denied. <laughs> you know, you mentioned health occupations. I, I had a, a wonderful interview with a young lady who has decided to go into health occupations. She wants to go into nursing. And in my conversation with her, um, that program turned her around in a profound way because she was headed off into what she was certain was going to be veterinary uh, science. She knew it. Since she was five years old, she knew it. And, um, and she, she found herself in the surgical suite with the surgeon and two other students. Now, she couldn't tell me what surgery was being performed because of HIPAA and all of that. But she said, I will tell you that it was pretty intense. And in that surgery, the other students left the room. They, they didn't hang. And she said, I, I, I was able to hang in there. And it was after that that I realized, you know what? This is what I want to do. 
I am so down for this. So that program is a is a great example of you know how young people are being given opportunity to sort of test their interests and maybe confirm some things or or maybe uh, reject some things. I, I think that's just fantastic. My daughter had the same experience with health occupations. She uh, she she was sure she knew what her career path was going to be. She did the health occupations program and and uh, changed her mind, which as a parent I was thankful for because we were on the path of a six-year college education that, you know, if she had gone through that and then found out at the end of that, that she didn't want to do that, that would have been a very expensive uh, lesson. But so yeah. those programs are excellent to help students kind of focus their, their effort, their ideas and what they think they want to do versus what really is what they find is really important to them. You know, the other, the other story that has come out of Effingham in the last week or two that I found fascinating was in my conversation with Mike Nyack. Um, you know, he shared with me that he was uh, permitted to take classes, night classes at Lakeland College when he was 12 years old. He stressed to me, he said, this isn't about, you know, me being any kind of an academic savant. I certainly wasn't. I, yeah, I just had some interests and, you know, my parents helped to facilitate this. But he said, really, kudos go to Lakeland College for um, having the flexibility to make this available to a 12-year-old. I think that what they do in the community, well, all community colleges are really pretty remarkable, but there seems to be a special bond between um, the Lakeland College folks and the community of Effingham and Effingham County as a whole. A majority of high school seniors go to Lakeland College from Effingham County, uh, it, rather as opposed to other schools in Illinois, outside of Illinois. So a large percentage of students go to go to Lakeland. And Lakeland is, you know, they've created opportunities for local students to make that decision to go to Lakeland in a variety of ways. So it's, it's kind of one of those synergistic relationships that, you know, go both ways. From the statistics that I've learned about here in the not-too-distant past, um, something like 75% of the kids from Effingham County wind up going off to college, and about 45% of those wind up going to Lakeland, either first or as, you know, as their entirety uh, with respect to their college education. And really, the 75% number is punching above its weight. Um, you know, nationally, in rural areas, the number is somewhere around 67 to 68%. So, you know, Effingham is definitely punching above its weight in that category. But I think that education comes in all forms. And this is the thing that so many people have been coming to grips with, and especially during the pandemic, because education itself has changed. You know, that's really caused a lot of people to examine what education is. What is college education? Does it have to be in a classroom? Does it have to be on a Ivy covered campus? Can it, can, what, how much can we accomplish through, uh, you know, through an online resource? And the answer is quite a lot, actually. And so I know that the chamber has undoubtedly um, been watching these trends very carefully because of the commitment to workforce development that as a, as a business advocacy, you really kind of have to have, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, I just think that, I think that goes to people like Kurt Roberts and and the, the people, the educators that we have here, we have some first-class educators, you know, Joe Fathery, if you've not talked to Joe, you need to talk to Joe. Um, Joe's a, you know, finalist for Global Teacher of the Year. He's a top 10 global teacher, phenomenal individual. He is connected globally. Um, yeah, like I said, we have just wonderful educators at the administrative level, as well as in the classroom, who just create such relationships with students, you know, education and sports, obviously, is always a big, big factor. But just from an educational perspective, we've just got some phenomenal teachers 
who, um, who just help students. And I, I think it's about helping students connect with where they want to be. Uh, actually, one of the early collaborative efforts between Effingham and two school, two different, two high schools to bring students together in a learning environment, um, which was not really uh, very popular at that point in time, or, or I don't know that it still is, but here, you know, that's another thing that you see here is that two educators from two different schools came together and said, together, we can provide greater opportunities for our students in our schools than, than we can individually. So they, they brought that concept together, which has grown. And we've, we've seen examples, we have examples of, if a today of shared classes where um, if Effingham High School is offering a, a course, they offer manufacturing skills, which is a, which is a unique opportunity in a, in, in a school. And so students from other school districts are coming to Effingham High School to take a manufacturing skills pro class that's not offered there. So it's kind of like if we have a seat that's not being filled by a student in our school, it's open to any student in any school district in the county. Ah. So it's, it's an interesting uh, perspective that we've managed to create. And so programs like CEO kind of helped open the door for that to happen. Because when you're bringing students um, from all school districts together in off campus in a business environment, they learn to work together and get to know each other and, and become friends. Um, you know, they go in on Friday night or, you know, their, their teams are competing against each other um, and they can be competitors, but they can also be collaborators in a classroom. So that's been, um, so programs like CEO really opened the door to that idea of, I can go to a different high school and take a class and it's okay because I already have friends there. I already know people there. And so um, that's been just a huge benefit to students here as well. It's just that those opportunities that, that they can they can access even if it's not offered in their school. Well, I I just am so in love with the spirit of support for young people that uh, Effingham County seems to seems to have. Um, Kurt Roberts gave me this great quote. He said, "When you have such a strong base, your future and the resources to that future should not be limited by external factors so much as they're influenced by your own intrinsic drive toward success." And he said, if all of those shared influencers can get children to understand this and to give them a strong foundation, he said, then ordinary people do extraordinary things. I love that quote because I think that at the end of the day, we, we all put our pants on one leg at a time and we're all pretty ordinary, but some do extraordinary things. And I think they do it because they have this intrinsic drive and this intrinsic belief, but I think so often that's fostered by the influencers in their lives. And these are the teachers that you're talking about and the people that have uh, laid so much of that foundation. Well, Norma, this has been great. You've, you've given me a lot of really good information here and good um, insights on how we can help our kids and support our educators. And um, of course, I, I knew that good things were happening in Effingham County, but I was interested in kind of hearing it directly from someone who's right there in the trenches with them. You know, for any community, just uh, partnering, you know, and learning about your local education institutions and what they're doing or what they deal with and how you can help and how we can connect the dots between that student, you know, and I, 
I, I think about, you know, years ago, for years, I was felt like I was beating my head against the wall. Every educator thought that their job was done when that student graduated from high school and went to college. Oh, you know, my job is done. They went, you know, they left here and they went to college. So my job is done. And it's like, no, your job is not done. You know, that's just a stepping stone. So thankfully, um, and I'm not really sure why it happened, but, it, you know, they finally realized that uh, there are so many students that are not college material. Right. And, you know, you're just setting them up, you're setting them up for failure. If you tell every student, you're only going to be successful if you go on to college. Uh, so we finally turned that corner. Thank goodness we turned that corner and programs like then the FEM Regional Career Academy can happen. I think that what you're doing with that Regional Career Academy is going to be amazing and I wish you so much success with it. And I'd love to check back in in a couple of years and see how it's done and, and what sorts of stories that you know, that place is generated in the county. So congratulations and good luck and enjoy your retirement. My Lord, you've worked for it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's it for this week. Next week, I'm going to do a deep dive into what actually happens behind the curtain of a few college admissions offices during their decision-making process. It should be fun. Until then, I'm Craig Williams for Beyond the Tassel. Listen, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay engaged in your own amazing journey.